say, Father, I thank you because I have that privilege. You have given me that privilege. You have given me that access to call you Father. So I call you Father because you have said I should call you Father. You are not just a God to me. You are a Father to me. And I give you praise. Oh, bless the name of the Lord. What a privilege is our Father. He truly provides for us. He truly takes care of us. Yes, he takes care of us. <laughs> no matter how difficult it is. Oh, somebody is sick. You say, how can you say in this my state, he's still a father to me? Yes, he's a father to you. I'd like you to give him thanks for that. Say, Father, I thank you. I thank you because everything I need is provided. Oh, give the Lord thanks. Say, Father, I thank you because you said you would not withhold any good thing from me. So I thank you because nothing good is withheld from me. Yes, nothing good is withheld from me. If I don't have it, then it's not good for me. You know, something might be good, but if it's not the time for you to have it, then it's not good for you. So, Father, I thank you because, indeed, I believe your word that if I don't have it, then it's not good for me. Oh, I give you thanks because nothing good is withheld from me. I thank you because I have all it takes. You have provided everything for me to live a life of godliness. Oh, give the Lord thanks. I thank you because I'm empowered to live a righteous life on this earth. Yes, I thank you. I thank you because, you know, according to your word, you will not allow a trial that is much more that I can handle to come my way. Oh, give the Lord thanks for that. If I have any trials because the Lord has empowered me, the Lord has given me grace to overcome. So, Father, I thank you because you, you will not allow. No, he said he will not allow it. He will not allow it. And I can tell you there are trials that have set their you know, path towards you. And God said, no, you can't come this way. Oh, Father, I thank you because, yes, you have given me enough strength to overcome. Oh, give the Lord thanks for that. Father, I thank you because my bread is provided daily. My bread is provided daily. Father, I thank you because I have the word for the season. Yes, I have the word for the season. I have a word for the season. Yes, I give you praise. I give you praise that all that concerns me is good, is perfect, is blessed. I thank you because I'm a solution. Yes, give the Lord thanks. You are not a problem. You are a solution. Yes, you've given me enough light that in your light, I have light. And in my light, people see. Confusion is being cleared away from the life of the people who come around me. When people come around me, they come with a heavy heart, but they live with a spirit of joy, with a garment of joy. A garment of joy is worn them. Oh, give the Lord thanks. I thank you because I radiate your glory. Yes, I thank you because I'm loved by you. Oh, give the, can you give the Lord thanks for that, that you are loved by God. You are loved by God. Oh, bless his name, bless his name, bless his name. Thank him. I thank you because I'm not in the wrong place. Oh, I give you praise because I'm not in the wrong place. You know, the Bible says your paths are ordered. Yes. Father, I thank you because my steps are ordered by you. My steps are ordered by you. Thank you because you lead me in paths of righteousness. Oh, give the Lord thanks for that, that you are led in the paths of righteousness. Not on righteousness, you are led in the paths of righteousness. Say, Father, I thank you for that. Please, I truly want you to give God thanks because sometimes we are so, you know, swallowed 
in the fact that there are a lot of things happening around us. But let's give God thanks for these things that the Lord has blessed us with. And I'm just, as it comes to my heart, I just give it to us and we pray in that line. Father, we give you thanks that our steps are ordered. We thank you that you, 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 you lay us down in green pasture. Yes, green pasture. Our soul is restored by you. Yes, our soul is restored by you. We thank you. We thank you, Lord, because we've passed through valleys and shadows of death. But you were with us. Indeed, your rod and your staff, they comforted us in such times. And they are still comforting us. And they will still comfort us. We thank you that in a time of darkness, we have light. Yes, we do. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you because we are not among the negative statistics. We give you praise. Bless the name of the Lord. Thank him. Thank him. We thank you that we are your remnants on this earth. We thank you that we are tools in your hands. You're using us for your glory. You are using us for your end time work. We thank you that we are men stationed to continually remind you of your promises. And you have given us grace. Oh, give the Lord thanks. Give the Lord thanks. We thank you that we are conscious of the fact that Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father and is making intercession for us. Yes, we thank you. The Bible also says that the Holy Spirit prays for us. You're a Christian, the Holy Spirit prays for you. And we say amen to the prayer of the Holy Spirit. We thank you. We give you praise. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your word that is at work in us. That work is giving us the desire to do. That word is giving us desire and is also helping us to do. We give you thanks. We thank you for the times that we fell and you picked us up. We do. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you that though the devil desire to sift us as wheat, but you have prayed for us. You strengthen us. We give you thanks. We give you thanks. Thank you, Lord, for the brethren that we share fellowship with. Can you give the Lord thanks for the brethren that you share fellowship with? We thank you because you have given us brethren. You have you surrounded us with godly men, godly women. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you, Lord, because we have a place like this to fellowship. Lord, we give you praise. We thank you because we treasure your word and you've given us a burning desire to pursue hard after your word. We bless your name. Glory to Jesus forever. Glory to Jesus forever. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Lord, our hearts are full of thanksgiving. And we say thank you for provision. Thank you. Blessed be your name forever. In Jesus' name we have given thanks. Let's read from Psalm 121. It's a psalm that you know very well. And we just declare it aloud. And we say amen to the prayers there. Are you there? Psalm 121. Remember the first verse there is actually a question. If you have the New American Standard Version, you see the question mark. Some um, translations do not have that question mark. But it's actually a question where it said, if I lift my eyes to the mountains, it said, does my help come from there? And the obvious answer is no. And from verse 2, he began to, you know, state where his help comes from. And I'd like us to read that. Let's read from verse 2 of Psalm 121. 1 to 3, let's go. My help comes from the Lord who made the heavens and the earth. Verse 3, he will not allow my foot to sleep. 
He who keeps me never slum never slumber. Can we personalize that? I know you will see you. You will see you there, but I like you to say he me there. Let's read from verse two again. One, two, three, let's go. My help comes from the Lord who made the heaven and the earth. Verse two. He will not allow my foot to sleep. He who keeps me will not slumber. Verse three. Behold, he who keeps me will neither slumber nor sleep. Verse five. The Lord is my keeper. The Lord is my shade on my right hand. As a result, verse six, the sun will not smite me by day, nor the moon by night. Now, please listen. You know, Pastor, I've said before that the world thinks. Amen. As you say these things, the world actually works. Uh, you really don't know the way, as you make these confessions from Scripture. You really don't know where this word will get into your life and start its work. But it's the word of God, Amen, and is addressed to us. Therefore, we will declare it out. Let's read verse six once again. The sun will not smite me by day, nor the moon by night. Once again, the sun will not smite me by day, nor the moon by night. I'd like us to declare that one once again. The sun will not smite me by day, nor the moon by night. Verse 7, the Lord will protect me from all evil. He will keep my soul. Say it once again. The Lord will protect me from all evil. He will keep my soul. Your soul is kept, though. Yeah, your soul is kept. Verse 8. The Lord will guide my going out and my coming in from now time for all. I'd like you to thank the Lord and say, Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your word. And I rejoice in this word because I believe in it. Yes, thank the Lord for that. Say, Father, I thank you because my help comes from you. My help comes from you. My help does not come from men. My help does not come from my certificates. My help does not even come from the gift that you've given, you've given me. My help comes from you. Yes, my help comes from you. I thank you because you are the keeper of Israel. You are the one that keeps me. And the Bible says he never sleeps nor slumbers. I thank you because the sun will not smite me by day, neither the moon by night. I'm kept by you. And I'm protected from all evil. Give the Lord thanks for that. Yes, I'm protected from all evil. You can make those confessions to yourself. I thank you, Lord, because indeed you keep me in my going out and coming in. I believe in that scripture so much that as I go and come in, I am kept by the Lord. Yes, I am. I am. Oh, they say, oh, be careful. Of course. But the, you cannot be too careful. No, you cannot. But the Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your keeper. Father, we give you thanks for this word. You are indeed our keeper. Yes, you are indeed our keeper. Blessed be your name forever. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. Finally, let us read from Psalm 20. Psalm 20. Are you there? All right, let's read one, two, three, let's go. May the Lord answer me in the day of trouble. May the name of the God of Jacob set me securely on high. May he send me help from the sanctuary and support me from Zion. Read that verse 2 again. May he send me help from sanctuary and support me from Zion. Verse 3. May he remember all my meal offerings, find my bond offering acceptable. Verse 4. May he grant me my heart's desire and fulfill all my counsel. And I hope you know your heart's desire is to know the Lord. 
and he will grant you that in the name of Jesus. Verse 5. I was... No, I like the people will sing for joy over your victory in the name of Jesus. And in the name of the God of Israel, a banner will be set up in the name of Jesus. The Lord fulfill or answer all your petitions in the name of Jesus. Now let's read verse 6 together. Now I know that the Lord saves his anointed. He will answer him from his holy heaven with the saving strength of his right hand. Verse 7, some boast in chariots and some in horses, but I boast in the name of the Lord. Read that once again. Some boast in chariots and some in horses, but I boast in the name of the Lord. Verse 8, and I have bowed down and fallen, but I have risen and stood upright. Give the Lord thanks for that. Say, Father, I thank you for that word. Yes, give the Lord thanks. You can look at those words and declare them again. Yes. Our boast is in the name of the Lord. Yes, our boast in the na- is in the name of the Lord. And nobody who has boasted in the Lord has ever been put to shame. So you will not be put to shame. No, you will not be put to shame. If your boast is truly in the Lord, the Lord will come at the nick of time. No, you will not be disappointed. You will not. You will not. You will not. You will not. Father, we thank you. We give you praise. Now, finally, pray that the Lord will send a word for you today. We always pray that prayer and we do not take it for granted. And say, Lord, you knew you were, we, we were coming. And you prepared something for us. Give us the hearts, Lord, this evening to receive that word. Grant us understanding this evening. Lord, this is our request. And we give you thanks because we know you have heard us. Heal the sick this evening. Yes, raise the dead. Let deaf ears be open. Let that person who is in sin, let normalcy return. Cure incurable diseases. Do the impossible. And glorify Jesus. In Jesus' name we have prayed. The Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. If you believe that, give me an amen. Alright, quickly, let's open our Bibles to Psalm number 2. Let's just read that one again today. I'd like us to read that once in a while. Alright, Psalm number 2. One, two, let's go. Who are the nations in an opera, and the peoples devising a vain thing? The kings of the earth take their stand, and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against the anointed. Let us tear their fetters apart and cast away their cause from us. He who sits in the heavens laughs, the Lord scoffs at them, then he will speak to them in his anger, and terrify them in his fury. But as for me, I have installed my king upon Zion, my holy mountain. I will surely tell of the decree of the Lord. He said to me, Thou my son, today I have begotten you. Ask of me, and I will surely give the nations as your inheritance and the very ends of the earth as your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron. You shall shatter them like earthenware. Now, therefore, O kings, show discernment. Take warning, O judges of the earth. Worship the Lord with reverence and rejoice with trembling. Do homage to the Son, lest he become angry 
and you perish in the way, for his wrath may soon be kindled. How blessed are all who take refuge in him. Amen. Amen. I said amen. Amen. And that feels, felt very good. I don't know about you. Yeah, I felt very good. One thing I keep saying these days, whether we like it or not, that is whether the, we like it, amen, but whether the world likes it or not, Jesus will rule. Amen. There's no choice about it. Like I was teaching on, I was on Sunday, that see, God made a plan for the ages. Nobody's big enough to scuttle it. And his plan is that Jesus will reign. Yes. Jesus will rule. Amen. That's his plan. Everything will be subjected to the Son. Amen. What he's doing is allowing people time. Time is given for repentance. He's giving people time so that they can submit to the Son willingly. If you don't submit to the Son willingly, you will submit to him forcefully. There's only a blessing if you submit willingly. If you don't submit to the Son willingly, you will perish out of the way. He will put his, how do they say it, put his ring in your nose and drag you along. There is nothing you can do about it. There is no nation big enough, all the people that are gathering, so as to, you know, teach children not to recognize the Creator God. God will judge them and all of them will perish. I don't care how much you love the beautiful countries. I don't care how much you love the buildings and the roads and the social structure and everything. If they continually or continue to gather against the Lord, to gather, because that's the problem. People actually deliberately gather against the Lord. They want to scuttle the knowledge of God. They say, if you preach, we will put you in prison. If you try, you know, in certain parts of the United States, in certain states, they say if you try and teach children that homosexuality is abnormal, you can lose your, for example, if you're a doctor, you will lose your medical license. If you're a teacher, you will lose your job, you can't get another job. And if you're an organization, they can actually put some of you in prison for trying to convert homosexual kids to normal life. And, of course, laws are written against the church, because some of those churches are the ones that do them. Laws are written against the church. Please, take this notice to those people that Jesus will soon get angry. And believe me, it is better to jump into a volcano than to face an angry Jesus. Okay, Nano? It is better to, for earthquake to happen and rocks fall on you than to face the Jesus that is angry. Ah, didn't you read in Revelation? People will be shouting, rocks fall on us so as to hide. Do you understand? They want to hide. Jesus is coming. They are hiding. Serve that notice to everybody. Why am I having feeling this feeling? He's already, you know, it's like it don't, the anger is boiling. It is not in ten years' time he will be angry. No, I mean tomorrow it might boil over. In fact, it's bubbling already. You know, there are times you are cooking, you cannot see the bubbles that begin to come from the bottom. If you leave it like that very soon, it will lift the lid, throw the lid away, and bubble into the fire. I'm already seeing the bubbles of divine anger. I'm seeing bubbles already of divine anger. He is already getting angry. The only way to escape, he said, do homage to the son. If you have a King James, he says, kiss the son. That's the only way to escape. He said, when he becomes angry, you will perish in the way. For his wrath may soon be kindled. And I'm telling you, this is the day in which his wrath is already being kindled. It's no longer soon, it is now. So I was coming, I was just looking at posters. I said, God, when are you going to wipe these people off? Because I know he will. All those lying people, they print poster. 
collect money. One said, not my flesh, not my blood. It's not my head, not my blood. As it is your head. This is why you are in reject. Judgment is coming. I say, not my head. I see it all over town. As a matter of fact, Jesus will reign. Somebody say amen. amen. Jesus will rule. Amen. His anger will soon be kindled and all his enemies will perish out of the way. Amen. I feel like saying it again. Every nation, every organization, every institution that arranges themselves, you understand? And then the faith against the Lord, against his anointed, against Christ Jesus, they, you will see it all, they will be scattered. People tell me Dubai is fine. I say, better go and tell the Dubaiians. What, what do they call? There's Nigerians. People come from Dubai. If you want to maintain the beauty of your place, better let churches start here and there and leave the people of the Lord alone. If you mistakenly say, no Bibles, no this, no that, thus desert thou art, to desert shalt thou shalt return. I hope you are getting my point. That's why it excites me to read this again. Let's read it one more time, please. All right? Are we ready? Let's read it one more time. One, two, let's go. Why are the nations in an opera and the people's devising a vain thing? The kings of the earth take their stand and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against the anointed, saying, Let us tear their fetters apart and cast away their cause from us. He who sits in the heavens laughs the Lord scoffs at them. Then he will speak to them in his anger and terrify them in his fury. As for me, I have installed my king upon Zion, my holy mountain. I will surely tell of the decree of the Lord. He said to me, Thou art my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me, and I will surely give the nations as your inheritance, and the very ends of the earth as your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron. You shall shatter them like earthenware. Now therefore, O kings, show discernment. Take warning, O judges of the earth. Worship the Lord with reverence and rejoice with trembling. Do homage to the sun, that it did not become angry, and you perish in the way. For his wrath may soon be kindled. How blessed are all who take refuge in him. Let me just give you an idea. If you ever have to counsel somebody in power, read this portion. I hope you're getting my point. If you ever have to counsel somebody in power, what do you do? Read this portion to him. Read this portion to the individual. It's very important. The Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. We are taking our seats in a moment. Let's quickly take our declaration of understanding. I believe we all know it by heart, so let's go. One, two, let's go. Now I declare that the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will. In all spiritual wisdom and understanding, as a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I'm pleasing him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work. And I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. What is entering my heart? It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area. And it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. 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 I said amen. amen. If you believe that, say the Lord is good. good. Alright, let's take our seats. Can we open our Bibles to the book of um, Psalms again? It is seven. Let's just take a text of scripture from there. It's our school of prayer. Psalm 87. 
It's a very nice portion of the scripture. So. There's one version that really had a very nice one. Okay, let's just read the New American Standard. All right. Psalm 87. He said, His foundation is in the holy mountains. The Lord loves the gates of Zion more than all the other dwelling places of Jacob. Glorious things are spoken of you, O city of God. Verse 4, he says, I shall mention Rahab and Babylon among those who know me. Behold, Philistia and Tyre with Ethiopia. This one was born there. That is, when I mention these places, people will say, this is a citizen of that place, like we do today. People will sell land, save money. As soon as Madame is pregnant, they start saving. Why? They want it said, this one was born in America. If you have seen that before, say amen. Amen. If you have done it before, put up your hand. Apostle, your wife did not travel to Bonn. Independently, I was here. <laughs> the Lord is good. <laughs> now, we do that a lot. So, I shall mention Rahab, that's Egypt, and Babylon, among those who know me. Let me just get those um, other, uh, yes, just to get to. Um, yes, I will, you see, I will count Egypt and Babylon among those who know me, and Philistia and Tyre with Ethiopia, even distant Ethiopia. Now, those are the, version, uh, the other nations that were prominent there. Ethiopia was a very mighty country at that time. Remember, the queen of Sheba came from that side. You remember that? Egypt was a great nation. Babylon, do I need to tell you about Babylon? No. Now, he said, people will say, this one was born there. Now, this is the word of the Lord, verse 5. This is where the Lord is going. What will happen is that of Zion it shall be said. This one and that one were born in her. And the Most High himself will establish her. The Lord shall count when he registers the peoples. This one was born there. That is, when he's taking a census, he will make a special note of those that were born in Zion. Please, this is so important. He will make a special note of those who were born there. Then those who sing as well as those who play the shall say, all my springs of joy are in you. Again, talking about what? Zion. Now please, let's look at this uh, portion of the uh, scriptures again. This uh, verse, uh, this Psalm 87, is describing, is a prophetic one, of course, talking about the citizenship of Zion. That right now, people brag in our, uh, our time, in our nation right now, where people brag about most is UK and um, US. Those are the two prominent places people brag on somebody was born. All right? And of course, these two countries grant you almost, um, I think it's essentially automatic citizenship if you are born in those countries. That's how it is still now. Now, not every country in the world does that. Okay? But these ones, they do. And that is why people will rush. In the, I've seen people do it. You see a woman almost in labor. She has to travel. That is, this, this child, you must not fall down. Why? No, yes, I've seen it before. Some of them, you're like, some, somebody let you fly. I've seen people have problems with airlines. Almost threatened. Because the airlines like, listen, if you go into labor, after we have been flying for two hours, you are, we are going to have to turn. 
Yeah, they, they have those issues. So they are wondering, look, don't put us in jeopardy. The person start claiming right. Why? This one must be born some, just by the way. Just by the way. It's unbelief. Did you hear what I said? It's unbelief. You can't have your child anywhere. Whatever you're going to labor, it's God that caught you there. I hope you're getting my point. Uh-huh. You know, it's, anyway, let me, not, let me not get stuck on that. Just bear it in mind. And then, listen, don't try and skim things too much. You don't know anything. Let's just put it like that. You don't know anything. You don't know what this world holds in another 10 years. If you want to know where your faith really is, check how much effort you are putting into something. There are those who really, for them, is nothing. I mean, they travel all the time. They can go into labor in Australia. They can go into anywhere. Some of them I don't even really bother about, you know. But just when you see, pardon me, can I use that expression? Okay, let me not say it to offend you. But you see some people, who just, they'll be looking for money. That's the one that just amazes me. They'll be looking for money. Looking for money to buy tickets. That ticket money, they say, healthcare is a lie. Let's tell ourselves the truth. It's not healthcare for the mother or healthcare for the baby. I always say to tell people, I said, this amount of money I used to buy tickets. Eh? Just give it to me. I will get you the best obstetrician in town, and I'll have a pediatrician waiting. That is, I'll get an obstetrician, a pediatrician, and an anesthetist waiting to attend to only your wife. And with an instruction that the moment she's Jesus' effect, they must be there. Listen, men are working for money. I hope I get my point. They will do that if I count enough money. Just give me that ticket money, I will make sure your, your wife is fine. After all, you know the truth about many people, uh, uh, doctors generally are brought. They don't wait. Once you don't born, if they say you're supposed to have delivered by 10 p.m., it's 10.05, you see, they, 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 they brought their knife. You know that? They don't waste time. They've opened you and brought, because they don't, especially in America, Americans don't want trouble at all. And once you have, you have a bit of experience, bringing a baby out through surgery is the easiest one. So if that's what you want, we'll do it for you here too. Please, don't worry yourself. You can deliver anywhere. That's something they emphasize. People say, it's not healthcare you're looking for. You know what they're looking for? Citizenship for the baby. That is all. You know what I have found out? It's unnecessary stress. I'll give you another word for it. It's vanity. It's vanity. Why don't you learn a lesson from the fig tree? The richest black man has only Nigerian citizenship. If he has any other one, he bought it being rich. If you are mentioning black preachers in the world, <laughs> you know where to find them. So don't worry yourself. I'm not saying that delivering your child in Egypt is bad, though. Or delivering it in, delivering your child in anywhere. It doesn't, what I'm just saying is what? It doesn't matter. It, that's the point I'm trying to make. It does not matter. Don't worry your head about it. What did I say? I was, I'm not talking to you. Are you because I know you. You're not trying any such thing. You people I'm talking to, they can hear themselves online. Is anybody like that inside this house? Love it? Why are you thinking such, such thoughts? <laughs> what about Mama Gio? Where's Daddy Gio himself? Okay. <laughs> the Lord is good. Let's just remind people, don't worry your head. That's all. Don't worry. Don't, don't worry. Just relax. Just relax. And why do I have to say this? Sometimes you'll be amazed what Christians don't know. Just relax. 
what you are going to become, you will become. What that child is going to become, he or she will become. And somebody says it's an advantage. There is no advantage. I've seen there is zero, zero advantage. There's no advantage. There is no advantage. I have many friends that are right here in this country. They were born over there. And they said this is where destiny is. Oh, no, yes. I talk about, I mean, it's, um, it's, look, it's nothing. I, one day I met one guy, he picked me up at the airport. No, well, he took me back to the airport in Lagos. I went to minister in their church. When he told me his life, ah, I was like, what? He was born, I think, in UK or US. As he was born in UK, he was educated in the US. But he's a Nigerian. He's from somewhere around here. So one day he started visiting, the, after I was here and his wife, he said, let's just, let's, maybe we should go and live in Nigeria. And they came down here. If I was speaking with me that day, he said, his wife said, well, maybe they are getting a bit um, deceived by they come on holiday. They don't know what, what the place is really like. So he said he should go ahead and come and settle and see what it is really like. He settled for, so the agree, agreement was that maybe the woman will stay there for a year or so while he settles down here. He said one day he picked his wife, he picked his wife's call and she was crying. She was just stressed out. Then the person was living in the U.S., that's to the woman, pack. He said, how quickly can you pack? The woman said, three weeks. He said, pack, I'm coming to carry you and my children. <laughs> so the woman took the next few weeks to pack, and they arrived there, liquidated everything they needed to do, packed everybody, came back to, down to Lagos. He said, I beg, let him come and sit here and be walking. So don't worry your head. How am I sitting down here? Because some young people still think that they have a problem just because they were born in Okunan. <laughs> I don't know I don't know. Go and ask Dangote where he was born. I keep on calling Dangote. For those who don't know, in case you are listening to this message long after now, as of today, and has been like that for some years, that has been the world's richest black man. He's the richest African. Okay? And he's, a, he's an industrialist. He manufactures all kinds of things. Okay? Does distribution. So he's a big businessman. So the Forbes always puts him as top of the list of the richest black people on this earth, all right? And in Africa, whether you are white, black, or yellow, he's the richest man, all right? That's why we keep mentioning the name. So please bear it in mind. That's what I want to just emphasize. Anyway, that's not the message. That's an aside. Like they say, there's no charge for it. I'm sure some people now, they have, listening to me today now, they have cooled down. The anxiety of where do I get money has vanished. Many times in this life, you actually have more money than you realize, the problem is that you have more needs than the Lord commanded. I hope you're getting my point. For many people, that's the truth. You have more money than you realize. It's just that you have, have that one I've met people like that. I meet them like that all the time. They start looking for, they are broke simply because the need is now more than the supply that God has sent. They now start complaining. One day a friend of mine told me they wanted to leave the country. I said, why? So he started off, there's no money. I looked at him, I said, you? You? There's no money? How can there not be money? I don't know whether you're getting my point. Oh, okay, I don't have time to explain it. I was looking at him, you said there's no money? I knew how much money he earned. I knew, see, unless he has children somewhere that I don't know, which I know didn't happen. You know, people you have known for life, even if he had a child sometime, I would have known. I'm the one you will have told <laughs> So I know he didn't have anything. I know he's not on drugs. And he said, tell, said to me that there's no money. I said, how can you say there's no money? What are you doing with money? I wanted to know. 
And that's okay. I might say he lacks satisfaction. I say, yes, now you know your problem. You just made up your mind that you need more money. Well, you took correction, we discussed it. I said, no, relax, relax. Somebody else's life should not be the yardstick for measuring whether you are okay or you are not okay. Do you follow my point? Uh-huh. Please, let's not preach that message again. Okay, let's get back to our message. That's an aside. Let's get back to this message. So, that thing is not new. It was like that those days also. And the Lord was saying, this is what his plan is. He said, but of Zion it shall be said. That is what God is planning is that the time will come. And now is. I can say that with assurance. The time now is that the plan of God must be executed. And what is the plan? That, the pre- that an individual's greatest asset will be that he is a citizen. She is a citizen of Zion. Not whether I was born in um, Egypt or Babylon or Philistia or Ethiopia or any of those places or in modern day, any of these are you know, so-called first world countries. No, what will be most important is that I have the citizenship of Zion. Is that I have the citizenship of Zion. You know, there's this man in the United States, those aside from Australia, they moved to the United States, called John Alexander Dowie. Dowie started a city called Zion City. In that Zion City, now, we won't talk much about his own arrangement, but I want to bring out something from it. What he was trying to do was to physically create like a kingdom, the kingdom of God in a geographical location on the earth. Now, I can say this for sure, God did not approve of it. God did not approve of it because the whole earth has to be conquered. It's not just that one place. And then again, he was trying to legislate righteousness, which was going to be a problem. What I mean is that you can't use laws to transform people. God requires people to be transformed from inside. Now, in that Zion city, now with all the shortcomings, Zion city had a number of laws, of course. One, you don't take any alcohol, no tobacco, nothing like that. And then, you don't bring in any medicine. There were no normal hospitals and stuff, no. If you are sick, you will get healed by prayer. Now, but listen to this. Long after Dawi was gone, Long after the city had become kind of secular, one day they, ch- they checked the records. They still had one of the longest life expectancies in the United States. I don't know whether you're getting my point. It was as if there was a, an influence left in that place. People lived longer than usual. Zion City was one of the healthiest cities in the United States. The man went, you know, secretly bought large stretches of land, and they began to allocate them to Christians, mostly their church members, and they began to move into the city. With those simple rules, no drugs, no, that's no tobacco, no alcohol, and then no hospital, no drugs. The man believed that doctors were next to devils. Yes. He did a, a series titled Doctors, Drugs, and Demons, something like that. <laughs> or devils. He used to preach so much against medical science that medical students protested, they, you know, a luther against his church. He said the doctors are just devils. They are only there to experiment with people and collect their money. Was he right or wrong? Let's leave that for a moment. But despite all of you can be angry with him. Do you know he got results? He got all kinds of healings in the tabernacle. 
They, when they are, what they call their church at that, that time. No, I'm, I just want to draw something from it. That Zion city that he created, he had a vision like this in mind. But of course, we believe that that's not really what God wants us to do. The Zion of God is here. Yeah, wherever believers are gathered. It's not a physical city. It's a gathering of the people of God. It's a body of Christ. That is the, that is the Zion of God. Do you get my point? Now, but I just use that one to illustrate something. That God wants to put beauty upon his body. Just like John Alexander Dyer was trying to demonstrate physically in a geographical location. So, uh, uh, let's bear in mind, this is what, what does God want? It will happen, you know, in Egypt that time, when God was going to deliver the people of Israel. After the first few plagues, God was very careful to cut away Goshen from the rest of Egypt. So that when things are happening out there, it wouldn't happen in Goshen, where the people of Israel settled. Now, I suspect, now, why did God, was it plague number, the first three affected everybody? Why did God wait for the first three? Now, so many, the Bible is normally, there are so many things not written overtly in scriptures, but you can look closely. I suspect that after the first one or two, the Israelites knelt down, prayed to the Lord, and cleansed all other gods from there. Oh, you think God forgot them the first few times? Some of them were still delivering. What does Moses say? They wanted deliverance, but they still held on to their gods. So after God judged the first god, just the second one, but then the third one. Hey, 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 wait, guys. Oh, yeah, everybody. And look, you can find that in Ezekiel, I think Ezekiel chapter 20. God described all of these things. So. Yeah, he explained it. Because the problem they had in Egypt that sent them into bondage was idolatry. And from Egypt, he had been telling them to put away their idols. Oh, 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 have you ever asked yourself why suddenly they knew how to make a calf? You never thought about it. It was a revelation. 40 days, just 40 days, Moses was missing. They already knew what to do. You know why? They were doing it before. They were, thank you, they were skilled in it already. Everyone said, putting the, the gun into the fire, the out came, the calf just started walking out. Hey, I don't. <laughs> no, no. They knew it before. They already knew what was going on. And that was the reason why they were in bondage. They were in bondage. I hope you're getting my point. That's why they were in bondage. The Lord was trying to, anyway. This is what I'm trying to make. What God did was that when they began to repent bit by bit like that, he will now cut a line and separated, let me borrow the expression, he separated Zion from Egypt. He separated Zion from Egypt. And I don't have any doubt in my mind he wants to do that again today. God paused plagues on this earth. Listen, forget all this noise we make as Christians. It's not the devil. It's devil. Coronavirus came, devil. Uh, what the other one? Ebola, devil. Give me another one now. Play, um, uh, 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 volcanic eruption, devil. Tsunami, devil. God said, huh. Last of ever, devil. Uh, 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 hurricane this, hurricane that, devil. God is just looking and saying, I don't even get work again. The only thing I can do is bless people, whether they repent or don't repent. Listen to me, it is not like that. The devil did not take plagues to Egypt, did he? No, answer me. No. Who put plagues upon Egypt? And God said, I... I did it. He said it. He said, I will not put this upon you as I put upon the Egyptians. People now try to know where he wrote the scriptures that no, he only allowed. That allowed thing is imagination. Let's go with the scriptures. The way he said it. He said, I put. What I'm going to say is that this earth shall yet experience more of divine judgment. 
I can't, listen, I don't even believe you should try to pray it away. Like that prophet said, that there are prayers you pray, God will interpret it as rebellion on your part. Yes. Remember that man, that was prophesying. Was prophesying. The Lord said, listen, don't even pray that this should not happen. That it will be interpreted as rebellion. Because God has to judge the earth. I say this all the time. Don't ever forget it. There is no living person you treat the way the world is treating God now. That will not react. If it doesn't react, maybe really he's dead. But of course he's not dead. You know that. And I'm not just being rational. He said it himself. Did you not just read now? Kiss his son. So that he doesn't get angry. He said his wrath may soon be kindled. How blessed are those who take refuge in him. You cannot say, Lord, let your wrath not be kindled. It will be kindled. The kind of prayers you can pray is, Lord, have mercy, wait small. Okay, what if I have ten righteous people? But that Sodom and Gomorrah will just stay there, no righteous people. You know, people have said it before, I am, uh, Abraham should have asked for how many? You know, where did this stop? Ten. People say he should have, why did this stop at ten? Hi. He should have just gone to five. And if they didn't find five, she should have stopped at two. And if they didn't find one, she should have stopped at one. And if they didn't find one, she should have said, go how far in Ahaba? Must we kill anybody? Now let's think about it for a moment. That logic does not fly. I am convinced of what I'm about to say. Do you know why I stopped at ten? God was not willing to accept nine. That was why he stopped at ten. The Lord was not going to accept nine. The Lord was not going to accept 9.5. He stopped at 10 because 10 was what the Lord was going to take. Don't have time to explain it further now. Don't just assume that because he agreed for 50, agreed for 40, agreed for 20. You just assume. It's an assumption that would have agreed if he had gone below 10. It's an assumption. What is the fact? He asked for 10. They lost. Now, this is not what I want to say now. You can't quote it. It's possible, what I'm about to say. He actually asked for five, and the Lord said no. It was not recorded for us because it's not relevant. People think he just asked God, then he must agree. No. Moses asked, he said no. Jeremiah asked, he said no. Israel sinned against him. Jeremiah came to pray, he said, forget. He said, this destruction has been determined. Forget it, I'm not changing my mind. Jeremiah said, please, now. He said, if you like, go and wake Moses up. Ask somewhere to eat. Three of you should come and conspire. I still will not agree. Please, I hope you are getting my point. So don't just have this imagination that once I ask the Lord, he must accept. No, it doesn't work like that. And I'm saying, if he's going to judge, you have to learn how to pray. You can pray for personal deliverance. You can pray for deliverance for people. You can pray for deliverance, very importantly, for Zion. And then even that prayer for deliverance is not just empty like that. Something must go with it. If God had left Sodom and Gomorrah because of 10 people, he would have come back next year if they are still 10 and killed everybody. That 10 had to move to 20. That 10 had to move to 50. A revival had to break out within a period of time. Otherwise, the judgment will return. He said concerning, uh, what do you call these people? Um, Nineveh. 40 days they will be overthrown. Those people, they, like we say, they use their tongue to count their teeth and say, boys, if we are not going to die, we all have to repent. They repented. That's what sustains deliverance. You can't just say you want deliverance and there will be nothing on your part. 
Intercessory prayer is not, is not a cover-up for laxity. No. The only thing it does is buy time. It buys time. Time in which the person you are praying for should change. If you are praying for your loved ones, beg them small. You say, ah, do small repentance now. How do we say it in this part of the world? If you want me to help you carry a basket, you know, go hold one side. Have you heard that before? That's how, if somebody wants to help you carry a load, you hold one side. Me, I'm praying for you so you will not die. You try and repent now. <laughs> it's just leave me to be doing all the praying. That is why anywhere you are praying for, you must also be praying for revival. I've heard people say that God is not going to judge him because you know, Jesus has died. It's not true. Jesus was already dead and raised up from the dead when he judged Jerusalem for the sin of all the prophets killed in Jerusalem from Abel down to Zechariah. That was 70 years after the resurrection. What am I saying? See this earth today? will be judged. There's no begging. Every nation on this earth that will not bow the knees to Jesus Christ will be judged. You know, I, re- I reasoned about it. Coronavirus, coronavirus. No, but even prophets, not prophets now, churches, not, don't, don't say prophets. They're not even giving you the word of God concerning anything. It's a, it's a word of mask. Christians are so annoying. All kinds of conspiracy theories that if you take a vaccine, you will turn to robot. Now, I will say this one. I know it's not my main message, but I will say it. All those things are lies. Some of, you, some of you did not know. Let me now tell you. They are all lies. They say when, when they took injection, it was magnetizing. Wow. wow. You know, human beings will believe this nonsense. I, sometimes you won't see pastors preaching it. Yesterday, my classmate and I, we had a, look, <laughs> we, I had a good laugh. <laughs> Please, let me crack some more joke. So, I, there was someone who made a video no, they showed a picture of where a hospital ward had blood all over it. They said the coronavirus, uh, those who took vaccines turned to zombies and ate the other patients. <laughs> Have you seen it? Oh, and they were sharing the thing around, okay? <laughs> so I, I did a screenshot of that thing. I said to my classmates that all of you are dead, all of you here. My classmates are planning the reunion, we're the reunion. So I said, please. Bring a gun along, a shotgun, so that anybody who chased the zombie can shoot him in the head. Have you, remember, have you watched the movie? Zombie flesh I said, anybody who turns to zombie, you go shoot him for head, though. So another guy now says something. <laughs> he said, please, all those of you have taken the vaccine. He said, please, write your will. Because very soon, all of you are going to die. So another guy said, those of you have, another guy is in America. <laughs> the first one is in Abuja. That one now answered and said, those of you have not taken the vaccine. Also write your will. Because those who have taken we eat all of you have not <laughs> Oh God, that is I had a very good laugh. I was just there laughing. We were laughing yesterday. Now let's leave the laughter out. Do you know Christians will be falling that nonsense up and down? That if you take vaccine, you turn to zombie. That way they so one woman took if some people took vaccine and then they put um, iron and it was not magnetized. Yeah, have you seen the video? I said, video. You believe video, this generation? This generation? There are things you should not even believe. Please, let me say this one clearly to you. As a Bible teacher, one with the Spirit of God, 
I don't know whether I can say it humbly or not, one that the Lord has given understanding, both in medical issues and scriptural issues. If you haven't gone and read my book, The Mark of the Beast, please read the book. Read the book. I'm not trying to sell you a book, even though there's nothing wrong with me selling you a book, right? Nothing. However, because we're taking you time to pay and collect the book, we decide to keep it there free of charge. Just go to our website, pastor.ng. Just go to the section on books. You will see it there. Click on it. It's free to download. It's not more than one megabyte. It's a small book. You can read it at a city. I explained about the mark of the beast. This vaccine is not the mark of the beast. It cannot be. It cannot be. There is no possibility that it is. There's no logic behind it being. There's no spiritual principle that we allow it to be. Let me say that again. Coronavirus vaccine is a vaccine. That is all it is. You don't have to take it. It's not compulsory. I'm not saying you must take it. But if you want to, it's the same thing as you decide to take polio vaccine. You decide to take a hepatitis vaccine. You decide to, there are so many vaccines out there. Yellow fever. Somebody said that, ah, well, is it not? I said, listen, why are they pushing it? Because I'm not trying to defend anybody. But stop being conspiratorial in everything. Think a bit. Why do they want everybody to take the vaccine? There is an economic reason. Yes, two economic reasons. One, those who are making the vaccine, they want their money back. But that is not the most important reason. That's not why the world is pushing it. The world is pushing it because anytime you have that ability, they have to shut down the economy. They don't want to shut down. That is the real economic reason, not the pharmaceutical companies. The real economic reason is that once there is an outbreak, they start locking. You know what happened? Lockdown, lockdown, lockdown all over the place will start again. And they can't afford it. Once you have lockdown, you have riots. What do you think? Why do you think we had answers? Even before answers, Lagos people, they're already breaking house to house to steal food. The governments of the, uh, uh, the nations, they understand you cannot lock down. So the only way they can prevent lockdown is to vaccinate everybody. Please, stop. All this. No one is here Christians. Christians are more afraid of the Antichrist than they are of the Christ. Am I lying to you? You, you? you don't even hear them have this concerted effort to promote the Christ. They will just come to sit down. Antichrist wants to take you over. And you, what person? You now see pastors that don't know anything along the line. They believe lies. They've been preaching it to large congregations. I say it boldly, quote me. Listen, I'm not a man without understanding. For those of you who do not know, I'm a specialist doctor. Ah, when you just ignore him, is talking, just look at it. It's not your fault. Now, maybe it's because of coronavirus. If it was Ebola, will you be here discussing this one? If it's Ebola. The riot to be why are the vaccine not enough? If it was smallpox, would they be begging you? smallpox. This same thing happened during smallpox. They had to vaccinate everybody during smallpox. They vaccinated everybody until smallpox was wiped out the surface of the earth. There's no smallpox anywhere in the world again, apart from in a vial in Switzerland. They had to keep it for research purposes somewhere. They wiped it off the surface of the earth through aggressive vaccination. They are doing the same thing with polio. The Christians just behave like you know, little baby chicken. And I say it's not their fault. It's because it's coronavirus. If it was Ebola, you won't be talking this talk. People will be bribing to take the, the vaccine. Nonsense. <laughs> Please, can I just beg you? If you want information on coronavirus, 
Those of you who are here, don't send me an email. <laughs> Come and ask me afterwards. I will oblige you. Hmm? The Christians these days, they are worse than the world when it comes to this matter. They have little, re- they are more afraid of the Antichrist than they are, than, than they have respect for their Christ. Let me just say this to you again. Nobody can put the mark of the beast on you except you are a worshiper of the beast. The mark of the beast is reserved for those who worship the beast. You do not sneak the mark on people that don't worship. If you don't want the vaccine, please don't take it. I'm not saying you should take it. But anybody come and lie to you that uh, if you take it, you now become <laughs> Bill Gates. Will now <laughs> we type in the code, then you upload it to your ear. Nonsense. What did I call it? Nonsense. How did we get there? Just have to help you. What was I saying now? <laughs> eh? Zion. I've been saying Zion since the beginning. I know now. He said Zion. I know it's Zion now. <laughs> yes, thank you. God will judge the earth. He will. They have insulted him enough. He will judge the earth. The volcanic corruptions will get worse. Earthquakes will get worse. I remember that time, you know, when we began this coronavirus thing began, I said something worse is coming after. I did not even know that the coronavirus itself was planning to be worse than before. Now on the, you know, the Delta, that's the third major variant, which is worse than all the ones before it. After it, something else will come. If you like, all of you freeze, don't move again. The globe is still warm. You can't control it. Right now, the whole global warming story is a lie, but the real global warming will start. We have prophesied it enough. <laughs> it will start. The sun will heat. For God to warm the globe is not hard. You know what you need to do? What he needs to do? Just go to the gas cylinder. Feeding the sun. Just increase and small. The sun will just, I, I've not done your house before. How do you increase the temperature of the pot? Not to, not to increase the gas flow. God can easily increase the gas flow. Of course, not literal gas. You just push, just put that meter. That the sun heat up by 1% extra. Everybody on the earth will almost fry. He can do that. Or one danger will just go push some one hot iron rod into the core of the earth. The bottom of the oceans will heat up. You won't even know. They say it's because you are driving cars. God will be laughing. Say so everywhere is getting hot because I am angry. Why am I angry? I bless the whole continent of Europe. They say I don't exist. They say I don't exist. So I give them over to madness. So a young boy will get up one day at the age of twelve. Say I feel like a girl. Go and meet a doctor who will cut up cut off all his private parts before he's 16. By the time he's 20, then the thing will relieve his brain. Then he's now confused. He doesn't know what he is again. So what, what, what happened? I released his spirit upon them. His spirit of madness. So I will destroy their rails. I will destroy their ships. I will bring down their skyscrapers. I will push their buildings into the ocean. I will bring ocean upon their land. Nations that did not know they could flood. I'm not talking about Holland, which is used to, they are expecting flood every year because they are very low. Nations that are high, they will be surprised. I will raise the oceans and it will climb the mountains and flood them. They will call it natural disasters. It's not a natural disaster. It's a divine disaster. Why? Because I'm angry. I created the heavens and the earth. They said there is no creator. They said everything is a matter of chance, so I will punish them. I will make them hate life. And it is not the devil. I don't even need the devil for this. 
The devil has to hide somewhere else when I'm executing my judgment. I will avenge myself of my adversaries. I will kill in the morning. I will kill at night. I will kill at noon. I will kill at midnight. I will fill their streets with corpses. Says the Lord. I will make people fear at night. They will wish for the morning. And as day, day, as day breaks, they will wish for the night. They will not have peace at home. They won't have peace outside. Why? Because they denied me. Because they didn't give me thanks. I blessed their bread and their water. And they said it's a matter of chance. Now that same chance will put poison in their bread and pollute their waters. They will still call it chance. So that they will have no peace. Because there will be no occasion for forgiveness. There's no repentance. And the time will come. I will withdraw the spirit of repentance from them. And I will pour forth my anger in full measure. And they will die and not rise again. That's what the Lord is going to do. Why do we lie? Why can't we just present this God the way he is? I say to you again. There is no God that's alive. You will treat the way the world has been treating our God. And he will not answer. Mercy does not mean he does not judge. Being merciful does not mean he doesn't get angry. The Bible only says he's slow to anger. And abounding in loving kindness. You know what that means? It doesn't mean he overlooks sin. It means he's slow to judge it. And if, when he starts judging, if you repent, he quickly turns it around again. He pronounced judgment on Ahab. Ahab cried. He said, ah, look at how Ahab has humbled himself before me. They decide blessing Ahab again. That's what it means. That's what his mercy means. You can't wake up in the morning and say, if anybody mentions the name of God. I, mean, I don't know how many of you have watched DSTV. If, once you say God, Pim! they are watching a normal movie on DSTV, African movie. We will, we will ask, Pim! when they say ask God, let's pray to God. They say, let's pray to Pim! DSTV decides that they are good. When somebody asks them what is going on, they said uh, 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 they don't want to offend anybody. Anyone who, whose name of God offends will die and arise again. I mean, how can the name of your creator offend you? What kind of rubbish is this? And as for DSTV, listen, if you continue that, your network will collapse. It will. It will. Take this message to them. One day, one re- see, these days, eh, hey, I've, I've swallowed the, the, the mind of God, and they feel the way they feel. On the radio station, say they can't broadcast us during the day, while anything religious, they have to end before 6 a.m. I said, tell them that I said that the peace of God from 6 a.m. will never come to their station. God will give you peace from midnight to 6 a.m. After 6 a.m., he said, you can't broadcast his word. He too will re- and listen, radio station, I'm telling you, I'm not joking, I'm saying it again. Any radio station that decides that the word of God is not good enough for his day, day, day during the day, and God says, listen to, him, listen to me. The peace I give from that 6 a.m., you will not see any bit of it. You won't. You will not. You will not. Fire will burn your mast at 6.05. The fire will burn oh, till 12 midnight. Then you stop. They won't know. Then 6.05 next day, it will start again. Is it truth? What do you think you are dealing with? Because he's slow to anger. They think he doesn't exist, never gets angry. And people will be messing him anyhow. And let me tell pastors again, I'm not joking here. 
If you're a pastor, respect the scriptures or respect the word of God. Once you say something, please, just leave them. Don't disobey it. Don't say, I believe that scripture, we need money. If you say that again, you lose your pulpit. And that is his mercy. And why he has to kick you out of that pulpit is because if he lives to keep on saying it, he will say it enough to you die in the process. So to save your life, I kick you out of the pulpit. Come on, show respect. You will tell pastor something, they say, what is this one saying? When we need money. And I'm giving you scriptures saying when we need money. Mammon, worship of mammon. I say to you again, there is no living God that will not arise and judge. So watch this earth, it's not going to get any better. He won't. Don't even bother praying for, for it to get better, because it's going to get worse. He said, look, global warming. Let's present the globe for our children. God said, globe for your children. The globe that we born up by myself and born your children with it. Ah, what's wrong with you? Don't even read the scriptures. It's not in the Bible. You go to most of Europe today. The name of God is Anathema. Don't mention his name. That's what they want. Everything they cause an abomination, they say it is normal. Which is a sign of ungodliness. And listen to me, those of you who say, yeah, you are looking for where life is better. It's Europe you want to go to. Maybe you are, maybe you are an intercessor for Europe. Listen to me, if you don't see sign of revival, shift to. Do you, you, you got my point? And if you are European, maybe mistakenly stumbling into me, don't be angry with me. Be angry with your brethren. If you don't want what I'm saying to come to pass as a remedy, you pray for revival. Peace will be denied you until you say, blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. People are getting deceived. They think that there is quietness. Listen, he said, when they said, Peace, peace. A sudden destruction shall come upon them. When God wants to judge people, listen, there was absolute peace in Sodom and Gomorrah until the day that Lot left. Don't let quietness deceive you to think that God has fallen asleep or he has died. A man rose up in Germany and said to the world that God is dead. So then to shut him up, they made him a, a hero. And we quote him that um, nature said that things he should not quote. They will never tell you what God did with the man. God, you know what God did to that guy? He squeezed him, choked him, and killed him. But they don't tell you. Ah, God taking I.C. Pepe. The guy was, he, he went mental. Oh, the Lord choked him. Say, eh, I'm dead. Come and see what a dead God can do to a living person. The Lord made him hate life. He confessed that he only went by a long road to the pain that he was trying to run away from because he rejected all forms of self-control. So they are, they, are, they, are, they, are, they are not letting him express himself. Every evil that God said don't do, he tried his best to do. At the end of the days, he was in more pain and sorrow than an average individual. And he confessed it. But they don't tell you that. Making like a great philosopher. Philosophizing lies and confusing people. And people are trying to follow him. You follow him into eternal damnation. You follow him into hell fire. Is there a fire in hell? Listen, you know what? <laughs> I'm going to answer in a very funny way. It's, it's, a, it's an irrelevant question. If you know what the lake of fire is like, you will wish there was literal fire there. I don't know whether I get my point. There are, you think fire is the worst thing on this earth. There are things worse than fire. There are things worse than fire. 
The Bible will only use the word fire to describe torment. I'll not describe that further. It's a kind of darkness that's worse than fire. It's worse than fire. You are aware that you have awareness, but you are aware of nothing. <laughs> you can't imagine how deadly and terrible it is. So this word deadly is not appropriate. You're already dead. So <laughs> deadly so we can kill. No, that is the, the torment is intense. The scriptures use fire to describe it because it's the only, that fire is the worst thing that people understand on the earth. That's tormentous. But listen to me, the, the torment of the lake of fire, eternal darkness, is worse than that of literal fire. It is worse. And those who want to follow nature and go in the denial and the insulting of God, listen to me. If a, if a little boy who I'm blessing insults me, won't I beat him? My sons can't even think of it. They can't. People insult God every day. And they say he won't answer. Why? He's a merciful God. Who lied to you? He's not that kind of merciful God. That kind of merciful God does not exist. You can't be God and be like that. You are not God if you are like that. Mercy is for those who repent. Mercy is for those who change their minds. Mercy is for those who say, I'm sorry, I was wrong. They are the ones mercy abides for. Those who continue to mock him, insult him. He distress without remedy. <laughs> oh my God. Why have we misrepresented this God? And so, so much that people don't fear him anymore. They think it's a lucky charm. Want to travel, put the charm in your car, you don't go get an accident. Let me tell you, if you want to travel and God said don't travel, and you travel, your car will have accident. It will, be perish. it will perish. Nonsense. It's not, it's not, it's not a blessing, no tap. You fetch him small. Oh, yeah, go. I suppose you want to travel. Yeah, I fetch you small safety. God, put small safety here. This guy wants to travel. So that he can't talk whether he should travel or not. He can't ask you, which woman are you traveling with? That's their problem. People will drive to, 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 to profit. Their wife is at home. Their girlfriend follows them in the car. And they park outside the girl. The girl is inside the car on Facebook. I say, I'm coming. Prophet will now go and pray. So that I shall be well with him. A man that can never be well with. <laughs> People are very funny. Because they think it's just a blessing tap. You go fetch small blessing. No. When you go to him, say, I want safety, I'm traveling. He say, where are you going? Why are you going? Who are you going with? Have you paid for that fuel? The man gave you 50 liters. You pay for 40. You thought he did, he, he did not. Yeah, he did not know. But I knew. So 40 will carry it to where you are going and coming back from. Then 10 shall knock your engine. That's how he behaves. Do you know who you are dealing with? People don't understand. You want to steal, then give an offering. Because he's a hungry God. You know, there's one idol in the corner. Sacrifice. You go and steal cow and sacrifice to him. He is looking as he, as he come. 
Yes, he said, Vanky, he has gone to bring me a sacrifice. I'm with. Say, Lord, see sacrifice. Yes, sit down there. Say, danger, sacrifice him. <laughs> he said, Lord, wait, wait, wait. He said, hey, wait. This goat, whose goat is it? Say, Lord, they say you need sacrifice now. That's you should go and steal. Say, now take the goat back to the owner and give him four extra goats. Say, Lord, wait, I don't have goat. That's why I went to take this one. I said, I don't care. Go and dig gutter. They are digging gutter on your street. They are, make, they are doing gutter on my street now. Say, go and dig gutter. When you have made enough money to see, I'm giving you one month to. People with these angels, they just come and sacrifice to go any sacrifice. You go and steal money, bring the offering. God say, I'm waiting. Like Bishop will say those days, you have just reported yourself to God. I'm a thief. These are the proceeds of stealing. So God will collect as evidence. During trial, tell one angel, put this one in evidence room. During your trial, now bring it out. Say, you're a thief. Say, ah, Lord, I gave you something. I say, I know that. That's the evidence we're using against you. Ah, because I'm not a mafia done. Your tithes cannot change my mind. I rage against evil all the time. The curse of the Lord is in the house of the thief. There is no, listen, this earth, you get ready. This earth, God will judge every nation, every organization. That's what I'm talking about. You think you have seen the worst? No. The only way, let's get back to our message. I've spoken at length, have you? So what is the beauty of Zion? When Samuel, what? 87, yes. So what's God determining? That just like I separated Goshen from the plagues, I want to separate Zion also. He said, but of Zion it shall be said, this one and that one were born in her. And the Most High himself will establish her. Let me go back to verse 1. His foundation is in the holy mountains. The Lord loves the gates of Zion. More than all the other dwelling places of Jacob. That is every other place that Jacob might find himself. In his wanderings and all of that. What, what, where does the Lord love? The gates of Zion. That he wants Jacob to enter through the gates of Zion. And Jacob is referring to the people of God. So what does God love? The body of Christ. He wants people to live in that temple that he has built up for them, which is a spiritual temple. That is what it means when he says the Lord loves the gates of Zion. So what does God want to do? He wants to distinguish Zion so that people will know this one and that one were born in in her. I went to all of the things I was saying to let you know that when Egypt began to suffer the plagues as a result of the judgment of God, when Israel repented, God stopped the plague from getting down to Egypt, uh, to Goshen. And what does he want to do? This earth will suffer its plagues. He said, if you want deliverance, hide yourself in Zion. That's it. If you want deliverance, you hide yourself where? In Zion. You cannot stop the plagues of Egypt. You can only stop it from entering into Goshen. Let me say that again. The plagues of Egypt cannot be stopped until the wrath of God is exhausted. But there is a hiding place in Christ. There is a hiding place in Zion. Israel experienced it as Goshen was protected after the first three plagues. And I've explained to us, it's not as if God forgot. The people had to learn to get rid of their idols. Everywhere idols remained, the place got there. If you have your faith in the economic system of this earth, 
and you put your effort into stabilizing yourself in the earth's economic system, no matter how good you are as a Christian, the judgment will affect you. If you lay up treasure on the earth, when God begins to destroy treasure laid up on the earth, he won't say, hey, this is my son's treasure. He'll still destroy it. That's the way it works. He won't say, this is my son's treasure. He will destroy it. That's why as believers, we have to be careful that we don't entangle ourselves so much with the world. We don't entangle ourselves with the world systems. We don't entangle ourselves with the principles of the world. Please, when they come to go and be teaching retirement, say, on what principle? The person cannot quote scripture for it. I better carry your retirement plan and go out. Carry your retirement plan and go outside. If you cannot establish your retirement plan based on scripture, leave me out of it. <laughs> it's our school of prayer looking at the kingdom of God and the glory of Christ. Now, so what's God's desire? Let's get back to that again. The kingdom of God and the glories of Christ. What is God's desire? Is that that glory of Christ be manifested on this earth. Let me say to you again, he wants to distinguish his people and he wants to distinguish his church. As a matter of fact, when the early church would gather, people were afraid to go and gather with them. There was a reason for it. They were afraid of them. And I think that time should return again. It has to. The world right now has very little respect for the church. We are like the Ababalaos, you know the Ababalao. There was one prominent politician in Nigeria, very funny. He caused a lot of trouble in one state around. Let me not mention names. And in the midst of all the troubles he was causing, his wife delivered, and he was a boy. And they had a number of children before, and they were girls. And you know the way some of our traditional people can be. He said this is a sign that God is with him in causing trouble. Yes, how many of you know what I'm talking about? Don't put up your hand. You know what I'm saying. Ah, you don't know. <laughs> you know the guy. Ah, now let me know. I do. I know something about a pastor who does not know. How can it happen in this city? Okay, you never come that time. Ah, you did not know when this happened. Okay, you are not yet in ministry. Now, where I'm going is that the same person will not carry, when he wanted to dedicate that child there, my God, he made one of our biggest bishops do the dedication. That's how they look at us. No matter the trouble like us, don't talk. Just dedicate my child. Ah, they give us big money. That's what they do. We will not refuse because the offering is good. Ah. They don't preach, 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 preach. All these people that are not causing trouble, they don't bring offering. Then the troublemaker will come, we dedicate one child. Normally, if Kimu dedicates a child, he gets a can of malt and maybe some cake. Okay, a pack of rice, he will eat too. That, do you get more than that for dedicating a child? Rarely. Eh? You get more than that? No, sir. <laughs> <laughs> but those guys, when you dedicate their children, it's five million there. That's the prophet's offering. I'm telling you. That's why we, we can't tell them no. No matter the problem they cause, when they come back, Remember that one, that's one we were just about that night. One man prophesied, prophesied, after prophesying. He now knows that God is doing a new work and God is going to raise a David. Men went to give him money so he can anoint them as David. I'm telling you. And he collected. Two, two, two. 
Another, the first one, David, that one left. The second one said, look, oh God, my name is not Shama. I'm David, you brought your David offering. Yeah, put your David offering there. Your name is David. <laughs> they have very, very little respect, very little respect for us. Very little, very, very little. And you know why? Mammon. Mammon is very powerful. In this whole universe, let me give you the hierarchy of power. Number one, God, creator of the heavens and the earth. Number two, money. Number three, devil. Who's devil? Devil cannot stay where money is talking. Devil. Let me tell you how it is. Eh? When Jesus is with his children, and they are sitting out like this, and the devil is passing, he just continues talking like nothing happened, and devil will pass. Devil will be like, mm-hmm. Jesus does not say anything. Then when money wants to pass, say, my children, this story is over. Everybody stay behind me. You look like this. Come, go behind. How do I know? He said, you cannot save God and mammon. He never said you can't save God and the devil. Listen, there's a message we have been preaching before, that we're preaching before we stop. This dying to self message, we have to preach it again. The risk associated with the preaching of prosperity was that we became covetous. The gospel itself is not bad, the gospel of prosperity, if you understand it well, but that's the serious risk of covetousness. And generally, we became covetous. So the world has little respect for us. Very, very little. You know, we'll do almost anything for them once they bring money. And the Lord saw and he was displeased. That's what I'm making. The Lord doesn't like that. We have displeased him so much in that regard. That's why you hear me talk the way I talk, hear me pray the way I pray. Because, you know, there's a glory that God wants upon Zion. One day somebody did something bad. Another person said, I'm going to report to your pastor. He said, eh, so what will happen? So when I see my pastor, yeah, I'll give him money now. I, I don't know whether I get to my point. Imagine now, maybe you cast pastor cable to somewhere. They rob one woman back. Ah, I say, so I'm going to tell pastor back here. He says so. So when you tell him, I finish him. So when I go greet him, I bring money now. <laughs> I'm telling you. We have to sing Jim Reeves again. This world is not my home. I'm just passing through. My treasures are all laid up somewhere beyond beyond what? Beyond the moon. The angels beckon me from heaven open doors and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Oh Lord, you know I have no friend like you. If heaven's not my home, then Lord, what will I do? The angels beckon me from heaven's open doors, and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. We have to sing that song. It's not unbelief. 
It's not unbelief. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the skies. Uh uh. Waiting. The Lord is good. Mm. The plan of God is that, it, that Zion will be glorious. The primary glory of Zion is righteousness. I hope you're getting my point. It's righteousness. It's righteousness. It's holiness. That is what distinguishes Zion. There's a lie we lie to ourselves once in a while. I heard it many times. I remember one of our pastors those days, in Lagos, said when he wants to, one brother wanted to give out tracts. He was trying to give out tracts. Nobody was taking it. And that brother came, parked his S-class there. And he put his foot on the bonnet of the car, on the bumper of the car. And he began to shout tracts. We were collecting, we were collecting. And that's how we want to preach the gospel. Paul said, I did not come with the excellency of man's wisdom or motor car. I came with the demonstration of the spirit and the power of God. You know, when you don't have power, you show off your car. There's no anointing now. You're not healing the sick. You're not raising the dead. You have to show off your motor car. So there's a way you look. When you begin to speak, people will listen to you. You don't have power. You don't have. John the Baptist, how did he look? Talking nonsense. How did John listen? I look the way I look because it's just nice to look like I look. She can, you don't want to listen to me, it's your personal problem. If I decide to wear a torn shirt and I give you re- look <laughs> and I release revelation, yes. I won't be listen. Baba Lawa, how does he dress? Never go in shop before, okay? Never go before. <laughs> Kill the outside. I've ever said, well, what would need a beautiful church, a, a building that's befitting for God? There is no building on this earth that's befitting for the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, it's as it's comfortable for us. Yes, that's all. Jesus doesn't care. If you have the anointing, you have the anointing. It's when you don't have it, all these other things start to begin to matter. You now realize you are naked. When glory has left you. It's true, no? When glory has left, you know you are naked. So we need to dress. There's a particular way we dress. You know, praise God. When they see, they know that you're a real minister of God. Uh, no anointing. There is no anointing. Babu anointing. Anointing Ichabod. It's true. Now I'm saying that you need a fine card to show what. Paul said as Paul, yet making many rich. <laughs> when he wanted to show his sign of apostleship, he was suffering he suffered. Sir, you are an apostle. He said, yes. Are you an apostle? Remove your shirt. That's what he wanted to know. Put them, show, your, show me your back. They never beat you before. And you call yourself an apostle. My friend, get away. They will remove his shirt. 39 lashes, three times. He wear it back. Scars everywhere. He wear it back. Say, please, you don't hang for sea before. 48 hours, you're on the You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I say, you're an apostle. You're not an apostle now. When Paul wanted to show that he was an apostle, his, his, his card, his evidence was what he suffered for Christ, not what he enjoyed because of his anointing. The real glory of Christ is righteousness, though. is holiness. The kind of holiness that charges the atmosphere with the anointing of God, the anointing of Christ, so that the sick gets healed there. Ananias and Sapphira will, will collapse if they want to normalize 
iniquity in the midst of the people. That's the glory of Zion. The Lord is good. Let's bear that in mind. What does God want to do? Put glory on Zion again. Yes, that's what he wants to do. He wants to put his glory on Zion. He wants to put his glory on Zion. So that when you tell, if a, if a man is trying to cheat, you say, don't worry, I'll go and pray about your matter. I say, wait now, just play now. I don't know whether I get my point. It's just I'm playing now. You just hear you say you want to go and pray. Ah, you want to drag this matter to prayer. It's not a prayer matter now. Why can't you go to court? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm talking about, the glory of Zion. You are doing business. I'll say, people hear that. Ah, I, sometimes I tell people, I say, tell, I say, tell the man that you will take his name to church. That's what I mean. If you get to that point, say, okay, this thing you want to do that, you know it's not right. There's no problem. I'm going to tell my brethren. We have prayer meeting today. Say, eh, eh, eh. What now? I must you take it to okay. It's not sit, sit down. Let's discuss. So what is the problem? Because he knows that if you carry that matter to church, if the brethren, <laughs> there's a story I tell you once in a while. That one girl when we were in school, I didn't know her personally, but I, didn't, but I know the people. Some of the people that prayed the prayer. One brother was telling us he was there when the prayer was prayed. He was telling us about it later on after we had left school. One young girl gave her life to Christ in school and called boy. Who was her boyfriend? Said she can't go. Ah. The girl said, Look, I'm born again. I don't get time for this kind of thing. The boy started threatening her life. You know the way uh, comfortable boys can be. The girl went to fellowship. Oh, I know. <coughs> there are people I know. Reported to the brothers. They look and say, eh, Is that the way he wants it? No problem. So they joined their hands and judged him. And he tried to cross the express road in front of UBT, University of Benin, the teaching hospital of Benin. And the car coming from Lagos picked him up, raised him to the head. He hit his head on the, on the tarmac and died. The girl was free. What is it? Ah, the girl didn't give life to Christ because you'd be called boy. We'll not go see again. The brethren, they, they, they summarized him. No, I'm telling you. Ah, when the, the girl came to them in desperation, they said, what kind of nonsense is this? You should be a student on campus as a girl. Lecturers here say you are a Christian. Hey, sorry, go. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> How can I help you? You want special tutorial? See, this help that is all this one of sexual harassment. They shouldn't all you need to do is drop the fact that I'm born again. They should leave you alone. Because we know when we have cheapened the glory of Christ now, people don't have any respect. Otherwise, tell all the young women, say, tell the lecturer, say, please, oh, uh, well, okay, this thing I don't know how to handle I can't tell the dean because it's your friend. So I'm going to tell my, not pastor, my brethren in church, I'm going to fellowship this evening. And there are scriptures I highlight for that one. Those with Babylon go down and not ride again. I will render you impotent. That's the one I like most. <laughs> what are you talking about? That one is apostle. In fact, I'm looking forward to doing that one. The God that can raise the dead, he can kill the living. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I'm telling you. In fact, you know when you want to scare people? Ah, I like this Babylon part of this this work. <laughs> when you want to scare people, <laughs> I did it to one man one day. The man ran around <laughs> reporting me to everybody. <laughs> what I did is not good, but it was very funny. <laughs> you know what I did to the man? You know, he's a very crafty and devious man. Why you to put me in trouble for nothing? This is when I was in Lagos, so I went to his office. 
I looked at him. I said, Oga. I said, you have picked on the wrong person. I said, let me tell you something. If you try me in this department, one bottle of anointing oil is all I need. <laughs> I said, I will pour it on your door. Cross it if you can. <laughs> I told the man, I said, one bottle of oil, I don't need more than that. I will pour it on your door. Cross it if you can. And I wasn't joking. I told the man that if he let this thing go beyond this one, I just go and collect oil. I will anoint, I will pray over it, then I come pour it on the door. And tell the man, cross it. And I'll pu- put it there when it's inside. <laughs> no, he won't come out. Uh, you know the way we were, they will come and beg you. Uh, Doctor let him come out now. I say, no. <laughs> let him go and report himself. Let him confess. He said, no, no, he can't come out, but he must confess the whole truth. The lie he lied against me, let him write, he should confess. Say, listen, me, I'm going to my, my room. If he confesses, he can come out. If he doesn't, let him come out first. He will see. I'm going telling the man that. <laughs> the man went around telling everybody, hey, I think I'm, I'm threatening him. I said, they came and told me, I said, I said, I said why is he afraid? Why? I said, why is he afraid? If he's innocent, why is he afraid? <laughs> that kind of thing, you said the young woman. Just, no, not even sound to it. <laughs> Jeremiah <laughs> said, Dust with Babylon go down. Say, okay, my pastor said, I should tell you, Dust with Babylon go down and not rise again. Just roll the paper, drop the phone on the floor. So, what does that mean? You will find out. <laughs> now, you remember that story you told me now about one of our brothers. They told him that one Islamic fundamentalist was threatening his life in the north. It was DSS that told him. And he went into his house and he knelt down to pray. And he said, why do they? He didn't rage. Like we just read just now. And the people imagine a vain thing. The kings of this earth, they have gathered themselves together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, let us cast their... You know how did he say again? He said, let us tear their fetters apart and cast away their cause from us. And he got down to verse 4. He said, he who sits in the heaven laughs. The lost coughs at them. Then he will speak to them in his anger and terrify them in his fury. That man traveled and died. The Islamic, ter- Islamic terrorist, he traveled, had an accident, and died. The Lord gave his life in exchange for that of his son. Talking about the glory of Christ. People have to respect this Jesus Christ. That's my own mission now. That's why Jedi, the one people are knocking and saying that, uh, I said, I told you I'm preaching, and you have no fear. I mean, the other, those other guys downstairs, God will bless them. Because when they were making, I said, please, we are preaching and we are streaming. They cool down. And he was even knocked. I said, ah, it's not, it's not me. You don't know me. It's not personal. But when you don't have any respect for that word, I demand that the word shows to you who he is. You have to learn respect. You have to learn respect. You have to learn respect. The problem we have had is that we are the ones that have disrespected the word the most. That is why the church is not showing that respect. There are things they will quote for us. I mean, take a man like Daddy Freeze. I doubt that that guy is born again. 
I doubt it, seriously. Yet he will sit down there and be showing us from Scripture what we are doing wrong. And we cannot even, you know, we're not even shamed, we don't have enough shame to acknowledge that we are wrong. The world knows what, they can see what we are doing that God said we should not do. The basic person, look, and every person in the world knows that you are not supposed to brag about your good works. So pastor says, if you want, want, want to give one million, come and stand, let the people see. So after a while, the word, you see, the scripture is not important to us, so how will it be important to the world? So God said, doesn't even know what to do. How do I judge the world, not my children themselves? This word is not important to them. See, this glory of Christ is must shine. Amen. I said this glory of Christ, it must shine. Amen. In this nation, it must shine. Amen. Jesus must be glorious again. Amen. The world must see him exalted. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's open to that uh, book of Luke. That's what we opened to just now. Luke chapter 2. I just want to, I'm just trying to get something to us here. What our own desire should be. From verse 22, I'm going to read quite um, some length. It's just from 21. And when eight days had passed before his circumcision, his name was then called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And when the days of their purification according to the law of Moses were completed, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, as it was written in the law of the Lord. Every firstborn male that opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice according to what was said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. And there was a man in, the, in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was righteous and devout, looking for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to carry, carry out for him the custom of the law, then he took him into his arms. And blessed God and said, Now, Lord, you are releasing your born servant to depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples. A light of revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. And his father and mother were amazed at the things which were being said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rise of many in Israel, and for a sign to be opposed. And a sword will pierce even your own soul. To the end that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. Verse 36, And there was a prophetess, Anna the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher, she was advanced in years and had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple, seven night and day with fastings and prayers. At that very moment, she came up and began giving thanks to God and continued to speak of him to all those who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. 
Now, I'm going to stop reading here. I've just read this portion, quite a lengthy read, from verse 21 there to verse um, 38. To show the life of Simeon and the life of Anna the prophetess. And to show the desire that these people had. They were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. They were looking for the redemption of Zion. They were looking for the manifestation of the glory of Christ, if I may use that expression now. That was the purpose of their lives. That was why they lived. Simeon, we don't know how long, how old he was, but he was very old. I don't believe he was a hundred years old. I don't even think he was 120. I think he was far more than that. That's what I think. All right? But why was it there? He also was looking out for the Lord's Christ. The desire of their hearts, both of them, was to see Christ manifested. They wanted to see the Messiah born. They wanted to see the deliverance of the people. Simeon understood that this child was not just for the Jews, but a light to the nations, to the Gentiles. He understood that. And that was the primary prayer point of his life. What am I bringing out from there today? We must take examples from these people's lives. We must. What was important to them was not their own personal life. Anna did not even think about remarrying. Do you get what I'm saying? Her primary desire was the consolation of the people of God. I've spoken so far to show us that God has a desire on this earth. I've explained before that the principle of agreement, the principle of agreement works also in Christ. What I mean in Christ now? Jesus, the Lord, is the head of the body. The body is the body of the head. Do you understand my point? That Jesus is incomplete except him as the head and the body are together. And so when he approaches God the Father on any issue concerning this earth, the Father demands that he must be in agreement with his body. I hope you are getting my point. Let me drop this, by the way. Many times, that's the reason why the Father releases persecution. Because this is your, this is your body. Eh? <laughs> they will, they will, the way they are eating, they will not desire what you desire. They will not want to advance the gospel. So you release persecution in the means to their midst. For example, the church in Jerusalem. The reason why God told Saul to scatter them was because years after the resurrection, they were still in Jerusalem. He said, you should be my witness where? In Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and then where? Africa. Thank you very much. <laughs> what are most parts of the world? And these people, years later, they were still there. They did not move. The head says something. The body says, we like it here. Let us build three tabernacles. Twelve, actually. <laughs> one for Peter. One for James. One for John. One for Philip. One for Nathaniel. One, they wanted to build twelve. And not live there. They would have been a you know, glorious, they felt, church in Jerusalem. They were not in agreement with the head. If the Lord wants to do anything on the earth, he has to get us to be in agreement. When his body is in agreement with him, then the Father will grant whatever it is that we desire. That is the way it works. I hope you are getting my point. And what am I saying here? Please, this is the heart of God for this moment. The manifestation of the kingdom of God and the exaltation of Christ on this earth. That Jesus must be exalted. And that should be our primary desire. We should be like Simeon. We should be like Anna. That when we wake up at night, what are we longing for? 
Not God, me say, if I want this, I want that. It's more like, ah, Lord, I'm a Christian. And I want the church that it should be your real desire, not a joke. Not a trick. Seek first the kingdom and all other things. So there are all other things that are looking for. That's what we're talking about. Is read, when God said that, he wasn't saying use his trick to get all other things. He's saying don't worry about all other things. People think seek the kingdom so you can get all other things. No. It is seek the kingdom. Don't worry about other things. They will be added as necessary. I hope you're getting my point. It must not be your focus. Make sure it is not. Many of us want to do what is right so that God can see that we are doing it to and bless us. Meanwhile, that blessing is the real thing we are looking for. Not, that's not right. It's not acceptable. What am I trying to say? So, what should be our desire? He said, the glory of Zion. The Lord loves the gates of Zion more than all the other dwelling places of Jacob. It is more important to God that the church is glorious than Nigeria is beautiful. I don't know whether you're getting my point. It's more important to God that the church is glorious than you got a visa and settled in a good country. And let me say this to you. When you are making your decisions, show to him that it really is important to you like that. When you want to pray, ah, it should matter to you that, ah, like, okay, like when this COVID thing broke out, for me, I just kept on looking. Okay, what is God saying? I don't know whether you're getting my point. What is God saying? That was my own issue. I mean, people just, be, I've heard preachers say all kinds of things. Say, no, you have not heard from God. You haven't heard from God. Sometimes he amazes me. I just feel bad. I said, no, I said we don't have prophets in the land anymore. There are different kinds of prophets, okay? And then there are certain kinds of prophets that God should have revealed to our head that this um, year, there's going to be a lockdown. Many times we don't have details, but prepare for a lockdown. Why do we get, you know, surprised like everybody else in the world? Why are we just talking like clowns when it comes to vaccines? I hope you're getting my point. Why? It should bother you. Sometimes when I hear preachers sit down there and embarrass Christ, I'll just put my head in my hands. Say, Jesus, please now. Must we look like this? Must we look like this? The other day they told me that one, one minister was going one particular way. I began to hurt. He was just paining me. How many preachers do we have? I thought this was a good one. Why is he going the way of all flesh again? I hope you are getting my point here. Let that be the, the desire of our hearts. Because until we get to that point, the glory of Christ will not be manifested. Because the, the Lord Jesus is petitioning the Father concerning it. But the body must be in agreement with him. That must be the primary thing in our hearts. Let me tell you what I want to see. I want to see the Goshen effect when the judgment of God comes upon the earth. I want it to be heard that no, COVID came. Can't touch Christians. I hope you're getting my point. Ebola came. No. You know that time, you know it was so nice. What we, what we did with Ebola? Kai, we drove it back. God was killing a lot of people. We got on our knees and prayed. You know, I felt good. Till now, I still tell the story. Say, don't, please, don't, don't think the glory is the glory of uh, Fashola and um, the you know, Lagos State government. No, no, it's not. It's not. It was God's mercy because we truly cried. I've asked myself again. At least when we were young, those days, Archbishop Benson, there was crusades everywhere. Then after a while, we'd hardly have crusades, you know? Those who do crusades now, thieves. You know what they call thieves? Thieves. Arranging miracles. 
Ah. Sometimes I pray, I say, Lord, please, all these miracle arrangers, just frustrate them, disgrace them. Don't kill anybody. If I don't want them to kill anybody, just let them sit down there and be, let them be feeling pain as God is doing his thing and they are no longer relevant. But of course, the question now is that where is the real miracles? They will begin to pray, God, do your real miracles. It has to, it has to pain us. I don't know what I get my point. It has to pain us. It has to. If you, get, if you don't get to that point, nothing will happen. You see all these, what they call the promises in scriptures. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. These signs shall follow them that believe. You just, it could just be a reading thing. I've said every time you see promises, they are supposed to be made into what? Prayer points. He has said it, he has said it, it is true. He has said it, he said, now, those who remind the Lord. Are we not even tired? We just hear that somebody just went somewhere and kidnapped a pastor. And then we are there gathering money to pay. Who gathered money to deliver Peter? I mean, I think you should get to the point that kidnappers say, no, don't go near the church. One will say, what is it? I didn't know human beings like us. We can't go there. Then the head of the gang will shoot him. Say, this idiot. This is how you call... Do you get my point? The head of the gang will just shoot him. Say, looking for trouble. I mean, leave those guys alone. You say, you know the gang that was running in this region before us? It was the day they took one pastor. That was the end of it. They carried the pastor away. We told them that day. Fact, no, I was a member of the gang that day. Something in me said something's wrong. So I didn't follow them. As we just locked the pastor in the room, the house just collapsed. All, all, everybody just died apart from the pastor. They climbed out through the ruins. And went back to his church and continued praying. Says so that day, I know they touched these church Christian people. So one guy, one one Agbaku, say, "I go My name is Agbaku. Gang leader will just shoot him. <laughs> I beg. Carry your wallet, go. Glorious things must be spoken of Zion. Amen. Glorious things must be spoken of Zion. Ah, is it not written that as the mountains surround Jerusalem, so does the Lord surround his people? Ah, won't we have those testimonies in this generation? That's what we'll be saying. How many are the bandits? Do you know how many people came to arise Elijah? What did Elijah say? Those who are on our side, they are more than those who are against us, so leave that. Elijah kept on sleeping. When the pastor called told me something that happened in Sokoto, when this bombing all this started those days, days of Boko Haram. No, now, do we still talk about Boko Haram in Nigeria? Bandit is the issue now. Don't forget Boko Haram. In fact, I swear went and killed the people of Boko Haram and ended Boko Haram and said they are now the only ones causing trouble. We're now the certified troublemaker. But those of Boko Haram, they came to Pastor Courage and said, it was a PFN chairman in Sokoto. Then what do we do? The pastors. So somebody said that we should go and get metal detectors, bomb detectors. So he asked the person, after detecting the bomb, <laughs> what do we do next? The person had no answer. <laughs> so the man said, okay, chairman, what do we do? Ah. He said, what are we, pastors? What are we supposed to do? We pray now. So they gathered and started praying. How many years ago? They still pray every week. Every week. They still pray. Till today. Yes. All, 
That one they don't remember which you know, all this uh, you are Anglican, you are Catholic, you are this, you are that one is when there's no trouble. When there's trouble, we are we are brethren. All kinds of denominations they gather and they pray. He was telling me someone was speaking, was it today or yesterday? That the one for this week, that if I saw prayer, that the whole place was emitting smoke with prayer. Brethren pray. Because you know what happened in Sokoto now? What they did in Zafra, they do in Sokoto now. But they don't announce unlike Zafra. You just wake up, your phone just not working. They won't tell you anything. Just switch everything off. They said they prayed. And one day I went there. I was there, their guest. PFN had a program statewide in Sokoto there. So the PFN president that time, when he came to pick me, when he was giving me testimonies of the kind of things that God did, which was why Boko Haram could not penetrate that place. They tried. But God constantly repelled them. They tried. Several times they tried. But God said no. Glorious things will be spoken of Zion again. Amen. It will come to pass. When day somebody kidnaps the pastor, we will not be gathering money. We will be gathering prayer. And then, you know, the one I like, you know, I know you think I'm wicked, but I'm just being prophetic. There are angels I like. There are angels that when God wants to have mercy on small, small boy kidnappers, they just open the door, Peter will walk out and go. But there are some angels when God says, these boys are wicked boys. We now send that one that went to Assyria. <laughs> that one, there are, you know, there are angels in heaven that you'll be looking at them, are you an angel or an evil spirit? You know? <laughs> because of the way they behave. God, you'll release one of those ones. You know, the, you know, the, the angel of the abyss, people have asked me, is it an evil spirit or an angelic spirit? I said, I don't know too. Go read your Bible. The angel of the <laughs> Those kind of, they just go there. Just carry all the boys. Just strangle them one by one. Crow, crow, crow. Just strangle everybody. And knock the door. Say, child of God, go home. I will come out and be step, stepping over dead bodies. And they just go home, JJ. Say, who delivered you? I said, I just saw everybody dead. Then the other gangs were here. I said, oh boy. The last time they kidnapped somebody whose name is Hannah. And her husband's name is Simeon. Now, so Allah the deal. Glorious things will be spoken of Zion again. Amen. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. It shall come to pass again. We will organize crusades. And the blind will see. Amen. The lame will walk. Amen. The dead will be raised. Amen. And it will be noised abroad. Yes, many will hear of it in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Glorious things will be spoken of Zion again. Amen. Glorious things will be spoken of Zion again Amen. in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Glorious things will be spoken of Zion again in the name of Jesus Christ. I like how he said, let's just read it again from that Psalm 87. He said, of Zion it shall be said, this one and that one were born in her. And the Most High himself will establish her. The Lord shall count when he registers the peoples. This one was born there. Then those who sing as well as those who play the flute shall say, All my springs of joy are in you. So it will be established concerning the church in this nation. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Come back down our heads and give the Lord thanks for today's word. Let's say, Lord, thank you.